The first week of Miami Hurricanes spring football practice is in the books. Here are my top four takeaways. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday. I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and we are available free on YouTube. So the Hurricanes football team is on spring break this week. They're going to resume spring practice next week. They've got a full week in the books and I'm happy to give you my four biggest takeaways so far, and I'm pretty optimistic about both of these. Number one, Mario Cristobal seems somewhat happy with the practice habits and energy so far. I don't think you're ever going to fully satisfy Cristobal with the way he wants these guys to work so hard, but his demeanor reacting to practices this week versus reacting to the first week of spring last year is night and day. Things are running a lot more smoothly so far this year than they were this time last year. Players last season weren't necessarily physically ready for the intensity levels, and there's always going to be adjustment when a new coach takes over because the players don't know how that coach likes to run things. That coach doesn't really know what he has on his team until he sees them out there. So everything this year so far is running more smoothly. And the entire team looks to be in better condition from the strength program this year than they were a year ago. By and large, pun intended on large, the team looks bigger. That's not only because Miami has brought in big players like Matt Lee and JV on Cohen through the portal and giants in the freshman class like Samson Okunlola, the Pancake Concho, and Francis Maui Goa in recruiting. But also, a lot of these returning players have transformed their bodies. To Corey Couch, he's put on some size and muscle. Westbus Saint, his body fat is way down. He looks more chiseled. He did say he wants to gain a little bit more weight before the season starts next year. Jalen Rivers on the offensive line, same deal. He is really toned down, and his body fat percentage, he told us, is way down from where it was last year. And another one, uh, Inez Cooper is transforming his body. Now, Big Coop is a giant. Okay, he's actually gotten lighter but more toned from last year. He came in as a true freshman last year, around 400 pounds. Uh, he told us he's down to about 348, down to about 348. The guy is still massive, but, you know, he looks a lot more chiseled, and I think it's going to translate to him just being stronger with more quality muscle mass and also being a lot quicker, or at least a little quick, because he was actually very quick for a guy his size. But I think Inez Cooper is going to get even quicker out there, so... Uh, the practice habits, the energy, you know, we talked with Takori Couch last week and he did say that things are moving a lot faster this year than they did in spring last year. And he says that just the level of competition on the field and most spots, there are a few certain areas that are exceptions to that. We'll talk about it, but at most spots, there's more quality competition and depth where guys are really out there trying to take jobs and snaps away from other guys and friendly competition, of course, but uh, I think it's translating to a little bit better work ethic and habits on the field. My second takeaway is Miami's quarterback room looks really promising despite not packing much depth. Okay. Seeing Tyler Van Dyke, the incumbent starter out there looking completely healthy after suffering a shoulder injury last year. It's great. 
And, you know, people bring this up about Tyler. He does have a lot to prove, okay? Last season was not a good one for TBD. Wasn't playing well early in the year. Dealt with a shoulder injury later on in the season. 2021, as a redshirt freshman, the guy was an absolute dynamo and a media darling putting up those, you know, 300-yard passing games and three-touchdown passing performances just over and over and over and over again. He's going to try to get back to that 2021 form, but Tyler looks good out there. He looks healthy out there, and I think he's really going to benefit from the type of offense that Shannon Dawson is bringing in. I think the air raid principles in that passing game are hopefully going to do wonders for TVD and for Miami's wide receivers, and it's going to be more similar to what he played in two years ago under Rhett Lashley when he was looking like one of the best young quarterbacks in the country that year. Jakari Brown, I'm seeing improvement. Footwork is improving. His accuracy as a passer is drastically improving from last year. He looks so much more comfortable throwing at targets than he did in spring last year. We haven't had a chance to speak with Jakari just yet. We may not be able to talk to him until media day in August, but Tyler Van Dyke also told us, as we can see this with our own eyes, that Brown's accuracy as a passer is improving. We all know he's one of the most athletic players on the team, period. He's a dynamic runner from the quarterback position. If he can just become a little bit more polished as a passer, he could become a great player in the future. And then finally on the quarterback room, the incoming early enrollee, true freshman, Emery Williams looks like he has the potential to be a future starter at the University of Miami. Great lower body strength. His legs are gigantic. Really good accuracy as a passer. He's probably low-key, actually the most accurate in throwing the football at targets out of all the quarterbacks out there. Uh, and Emery is a really hard worker. Since arriving on campus, the only thing that young Williams has been focused on is football. Period. End of story. This guy's not going to the beach. It's not going out to Coconut Grove. He's just focusing on football, and he's going to spend his entire spring break this week down here training. We spoke with Malik Rozier last week, former Miami Hurricanes quarterback, who's now a quarterback's coach for quarterback country, QB country, Florida, and Malik was contacted by Emory Williams. He wants to do some sessions with Malik down here uh, this coming week during spring break when, you know, Guys can choose to do that. Some players are going to go home, see their families. Some guys are just going to chill out. Others are just going to stay down in Coral Gables working. And Emery Williams is one of those guys who's going to stay down here, and he's going to keep working. My third takeaway – well, actually, let me say one more thing about the quarterbacks. One more thing. So you got three scholarship quarterbacks. I'm encouraged by all of them, including Van Dyke being healthy. Still, I would not be opposed to seeing Miami add – maybe a veteran backup in the transfer portal when that opens again in May, uh, because obviously losing Jake Garcia, it hurt your numbers. Okay. Losing Jake Garcia to the portal, it hurt your numbers. So I, I would not be opposed to Miami bringing someone else into the room, but I feel encouraged by what I'm seeing from that room so far in spring. My third takeaway, some of Miami's units, I talked about depth and competition. That's not all over the field right now. Some of Miami's units are very thin in spring due to injuries. Now, Thank God uh, all the injuries that are going through the team right now are minor. Like no one looks like they're going to be out to start the season next year. You've got guys dealing with some nagging issues and the coaches want to be cautious with them. But the running back room right now, it's almost dangerously thin at this moment. Trevante Citizen still recovering from his knee surgery. We're not going to see him in the spring. Hopefully we see him in fall. 
The early enrollees, Mark Fletcher, well, they're not early enrollees, actually. The guys who would have been early enrollees, Mark Fletcher and Chris Johnson, they have not enrolled yet. Uh, they're not going to be here till the summer because not every player is able to, uh, depending on which high school you go to, some of them will let you leave high school a semester early. Some will not. Fletcher and Johnson are not here yet. So the only scholarship running backs participating right now in spring are Don Chaney and Henry Parrish. I do like some of the walk-ons, though. Like Michael Perino is a show favorite. He's one of the fastest players on the team. Terrell Walden looks really good. Sincere Sampson, I don't know much about him, but I've been I've been watching him a little bit in practices. These are hard-working players. You're going to see a lot of these guys in the spring game, right? When that spring game is on ACC Network in you know, a little over a month, a month and a day from now, April 14th, you're going to see a lot of these walk-on running backs because there's not a whole lot of healthy running backs in that room right now, okay? Uh, the defensive line barely has enough bodies right now. A lot of minor issues, again, but you've got a bunch of guys not participating. Leonard Taylor, Jake Lichtenstein, Jared Harrison Hunt, Akeem Mesidor, to name a few. Tight end room has been without Elijah Arroyo. He's still recovering from his ACL. I did see Arroyo around campus on Thursday. He's moving around nicely, so I think his recovery looks like it's on track. Uh, Riley Williams, the early enrollee freshman, he's here. He hasn't participated yet. I think whatever he's going through is very minor. We'll probably see him at some point in the spring. Uh, so then let, let me get my fourth and final takeaway when we come back because, guys, some of the newcomers, transfer portal players, early enrollee freshmen uh, are really standing out and looking good so far week in. And I'm really encouraged, especially by one guy who I didn't have very high expectations for has really impressed me. Also on this episode of locked on canes, I will be answering you guys' Twitter questions. We got some good ones. You can tweet us at locked on canes. And if you follow us at locked on canes, we will follow you back. And yes, my friends, we will recap selection Sunday, your Miami hurricanes, have their matchup set, their game time set on Friday. They're going to make their NCAA tournament debut. We will talk about Miami versus Drake. That's the draw that Miami got right here on this episode of Locked on Canes. So you want to keep it locked. Folks, not only is actual March Madness here, but built March Madness bracket is here, which I actually I'm almost as excited about this, maybe a little bit more excited about this because I love me some built bars than I am about the basketball. We know you all have a favorite bar or puff. Now's your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. I've already cast my vote for the cookie dough chunk puff. And if you want the Canes to win everything, you'll be voting for the Cookie Dough Chunk Pup as well. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And listen, you don't have to vote for the Cookie Dough Chunk Pup. You can vote for whatever bar or puff you want. They've got the full bracket on the website. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered to win a you'll be entered into a drawing, I should say, where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Now that's worth it, my friends. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You gotta try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously. They're so amazing. You're not gonna even think that they're good for you, but they are. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. You know I will because I love me some Built Bars. 
Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So uh, I mentioned top three takeaways so far from the first week of spring football practice. Mario Cristobal seems happy with the practice habits and energy. That's number one. The quarterback room looks promising. That's number two. Number three, there are some units very thin in spring due to minor injuries. Defensive line, running back, tight end are some of the ones that stand out to me so far. Final takeaway, takeaway number four, yes, some of Miami's newcomers are really turning heads out there in a good way. Transfers, early enrollees. The quarterback, Emery Williams, I already mentioned him. I think he has a very bright future at Miami. And I also, to add something to that, I like the way that the elder quarterbacks in the room, they're really gracious enough to work with him, take him under their wing. You know, you don't have any sort of like chip on the shoulder sense of entitlement, like, oh, this guy wants to come in and take my job or anything like that. Now, Tyler Van Dyke and Emery, uh, sorry, Tyler Van Dyke and Jakari have both been really good uh, with Emery helping him teach the ropes. And I think it also helps that Emery's personality, like he's the type that just, he wants to soak everything up and learn. Like, he's not a guy who wants to come in, just kind of do his own thing and isolate himself. He understands how important it is not only to work with his quarterback's coach, Shannon Dawson, who's also his OC, but also to soak up as much knowledge as he can from the other quarterbacks. So I I think he's approaching everything with the right attitude so far. Another guy I've been really impressed with, how can you not be? The center transfer, Matt Lee out of UCF. He's taking a leadership role on this team already. Now, you know, You've only had pads on for one day so far. You know, these guys aren't mauling each other yet, but you do see some some individual drills and stuff, and Lee's looking really good. He rocked the strength and conditioning program. He's strong as an ox, and he's very mature. You know, he and Tyler Van Dyke are already working together a lot. They're building good chemistry, and I think Lee is someone who – you know, really wants to uh, w- wants to help make the offensive line more cohesive, and he wants to help mentor some of the young guys in that room. So I think that's really cool. I mean, I we, we did have a chance to speak with Matt Lee. If you want to watch that interview, if you haven't seen it already, it is on our YouTube channel. So if you go to Locked on Kane's YouTube, just scroll down the videos a little bit, you're going to see uh, media availability with center Matt Lee. I was really impressed by him. Someone who's been super impressive, especially for an early enrollee. True freshman, Caleb Spencer, safety. This guy looks like a veteran already physically. He's been a pleasant surprise out there. He's he's very physical. So I think he's just going to keep getting even more impressive once the contact ramps up a little bit more in practice because they tend to ramp that up pretty slowly. Uh, But Spencer, I, I feel bad looking back on all the recruiting coverage that we did for the past several months. Uh, obviously, we talked about Caleb Spencer because we talked about everybody on this show. But, you know, the fact that he's not from Florida and, you know, there wasn't as much tape on him. I did, just didn't know as much about Caleb Spencer. He's been underrated across the country, including here on Locked on Canes. He's been really, really impressive in his first week of spring practice. Um, you know, when we asked to Corey Couch about him, uh, we haven't had a chance to talk with Caleb yet, probably at media day. But when we asked to Corey Couch about him, Without hesitation, he said, ball hawk. This guy's a ball hawk. So hopefully we keep seeing more good stuff from Caleb Spencer. The Maui Goa brothers, these guys are fast risers, okay? This past Thursday. I, and you know what? Let me correct something because uh, someone, one of our Hawaiian uh, listeners 
pointed out to me that I'm I'm pronouncing most people are pronouncing their last name wrong, even though it's spelled the way it is. It's Maui Noah. OK, so you guys have to do me a favor and remember this little monologue that I'm sharing with you right now, because when I refer to these guys as Maui Noah moving forward, I don't want to see the comments like, bro, you're pronouncing their names wrong. It's Maui Goa because the same that happened last year with the quarterback, Jakari Brown. Because it's spelled like Jakari, and every time we say Jakari, I get these angry comments, learn to pronounce the man's name. No, I'm pronouncing it right. You learn how to pronounce his name. Maui Noah. So the Maui Noah brothers, that's how you say their last name. Fast freaking risers. On Thursday, Francis, the early enrollee offensive lineman, he was getting starters reps at right tackle. And Francisco, the older brother, transferred in from Washington State. He was starting at Mike Linebacker. So I think the Maui Noah brothers are going to make a fast impact at the U uh, from some of the other young guys. I like what I saw from Robbie Washington and Ray Ray Joseph at receiver. Isaiah Horton, not a new guy. He's not a newcomer. He's, you know, heading into his second year, but I, I have to throw him a shout out as well because Isaiah Horton is looking really good out there. Uh, some of the other new guys, uh, defensive line, Ruben Bain looks as good as advertised. And he's he's big. 270 pounds right now, Ruben. And that's quality weight, too. That's not, like, fat or anything like that. Jaden Wayne, same thing. Like, he's already got – both of these guys have power five size already. Uh, and I also – I like what I see and hear about the transfer cornerbacks who came in. Terry Roberts out of Iowa, who I really like, and Devontae Brown, who uh, the reviews on him coming out of UCF are great. I think Terry and Damari, or sorry, well, Damari, yes, he's not an early enrollee. Damari will get here eventually, but Devontae, his older brother, I think can make an impact on the team this year, and so can Terry Roberts. So let's get into some Q&A here. You guys have Canes football and Canes basketball questions. We have answers, hopefully. Cash Money on Twitter, he asks us, Hey, could we do status updates on some of the key injuries? Arroyo and Citizen immediately come to mind, but uh, I'm not sure there are others still dealing with major issues from last season. Well, thankfully, most of the issues are not major. They're minor. Uh, yeah, I think I did mention about Elijah Arroyo. I saw him in the indoor facility moving around. He's not practicing with the team, recovering from an ACL, but he's around, and I've seen him walking around, and he looks to me like the recovery is going great not limping or anything like that. Uh, I haven't spotted Trevante Citizen yet, um, but when Mario Cristobal told us last week that he's optimistic, everybody on the team can be ready for the start of the season next year. I'm assuming if he says everybody, that includes Trevante Citizen. So he's not practicing due to the knee surgery, but uh, I, I think he's going to be okay, hopefully sometime around fall camp. Then you've got some minor issues out there. Leonard Taylor He's not partaking in spring, but Cristobal said he's going to be good to go by early May. I think Zion Nelson, similar timeline probably, if not even sooner. I think he should be ready around the same time. Zion is being held out of spring ball for a precaution. Um, same thing with some of the other defensive line guys. Like Cristobal said that Akeem Mesador, his issue is uh, so, you know, he, he didn't participate in the first week, but Cristobal said Mesidor could be ready around halfway through spring ball. So that maybe means when the Canes come back from spring break, we might see Mesidor out there. Uh, Don Chaney, 100% healthy right now, which is rare and it's fantastic. Um, let's see, James Williams. Uh, I don't, 
you know, I know he's not out there. He had that shoulder procedure after last season. I think he's going to be on track for fall camp. And again, Cristobal said uh, he's optimistic everyone's going to be ready for the season. So, you know, as long as knock on wood, no further issues come up, I think with the actual injury issues right now, you've got a lot of a lot of guys missing spring practices for minor precautionary issues. But I don't think that long term, there's too many things you worry about a whole lot. Get a question from Paul Erickson, who says, uh, this is such a good question. I wish I had a better answer for this, but it's so early in the installation. He says, we've talked about better scheme fit for a lot of our offensive players Van Dyke, obviously, and it'll be huge for many different wide receivers. Who are some defensive guys who will be in a better position to succeed with Lance Guidry's scheme? You know, it's interesting because when we ask players how different the defense is, we get a lot of either, oh, it's not really that different, or, you know, it's so early, we're still feeling it out sort of things. Now, Guidry, he did tell us that it's different enough that um, – you know, he's teaching these guys a lot of new terminologies, which is pretty common. We talk about that stuff a lot with Malik Rozier. How anytime you change coordinators, you have to learn, you know, new terminologies, and that's a big thing. Um, but really, honestly, I think that more so than the scheme, I think the approach is what's really going to change under Guidry. The approach is going to be a lot more aggressive and disruptive. Guidry likes his defenses to be disruptive and force a lot of turnovers. That was one of the things that all the defensive players have told us. There's a big emphasis on forcing takeaways. Uh, Guidry can also, by his own admission, he can be a little bit unorthodox with his defensive ends. He likes to have his ends standing up, and sometimes they drop into coverage. So I think a guy like Akeem Mesidor, if I can throw out a name, I think he's so versatile that I could see him really thriving. And maybe a guy with the range and the athleticism of Nigel Lee Kelly, I could see him thriving in there as well. Um, I also, I expect the safeties to really rise to the occasion under Guidry because safeties coach is his background and he does sort of the way that Mario Cristobal is doing a lot of extra work with the offensive linemen. Guidry does extra work with the safeties. So I could see guys like Cam Kinchins, who's already an All-American, getting even better. Uh, you know, James Williams, who's not out there right now, but hopefully he can really benefit from this because he needs to have a bounce back year. Caleb Spencer is already benefiting from this. Markeith Williams, hopefully, as well. So that, that's what I'll say about Guidry's defense. And, and the other big thing is, um, hopefully, Guidry is just a little bit more logical with the snap counts and the rotations because I got a little bit annoyed last year at a guy like Leonard Taylor just being so underutilized because, you know, he was analytics-wise just crushing it but didn't get enough snaps last year. So hopefully we see a little bit less rotation or just more logical rotation this year with the defense. Get a question from Dave who asks us, any idea of what's happening with Antoine Jackson? So Antoine Jackson, those who follow recruiting, you're hearing this name for the 10,000th time. Those of you who don't, let me explain quickly. Uh, he is an incoming true freshman defensive back. Signed his national letter of intent with Miami back in December. And then in January or early February was wanting to actually leave and go somewhere else. And he requested to be released from his national letter of intent. That release uh, was not and has not been granted to him. Um, so if he really, really, really wants to leave, he can sit out a year and use his one-time transfer next year. However, I will say, and I can only make an educated guess here. Because I don't know what Antoine's thinking, but 
I've seen him around campus multiple times. Like he's hanging out here um, and he's walking around practice uh, area. Like I, I saw him right outside the indoor facility. He's walking around with a smile on his face. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, that was a nasty cough. Uh, <clears throat> a couple of our listeners told me that um, he did an Instagram live where he talked about coming to Miami recently, like within the last couple of weeks, where he talked about being a roommate with Chris Johnson, who's his uh, former high school teammate at Dillard. So if I had to make an educated guess, sounds like he's coming. All right. We got a question about hoops and we do have to talk about Miami versus Drake. Got to love the Drake when we come back here on Locked on Canes. Oh, my goodness, my friends. I hope you guys are checking these numbers at FanDuel Sports. Hurricanes are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. We're past the midway point in the NBA season. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So do not miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Folks, make sure you grab your bracket and go listen to the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown. With national analysts and the insights from our local experts, the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to make your most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And speaking of Miami, we know Miami's destination they're going to play in Albany. Albany freaking new. They could have been in Orlando, could have been close by, but they got to go up to Albany, uh, five seed. I was just, I was relieved that they gave Miami a five seed when Joe Lenardi was talking about a six, but they're going to go up to Albany and they're going to open up against 12 seed Drake, which is not going to be easy. It's an experienced team. Drake's starting lineup is over 23 years old on average. Uh, it was a great tweet from my former colleague, Luke Cheney, who pointed out that Drake's starting lineup is actually older than the Oklahoma City Thunder starting lineup, which is crazy. Uh, so Drake, their best player is wing forward Tucker DeVries. Miami's going to have to watch out for him. He averages 19 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game. So his matchup, I think we're going to see a lot of Jordan Miller against him. That's going to be one of the keys to the game for Miami coming up. So I mentioned Hurricanes are favored by two and a half points. Uh, I noticed a lot of the pundits are picking Drake for the upset, which is it, it's an eye roller. This is, it's par for the course. There's always going to be Miami hate. You remember last year when the Hurricanes ran all the way to the Elite Eight in last year's tournament? Literally, the pundits were picking against Miami every game from the first round on. So you're going to have people out there making a trendy, oh, let me, I think Drake is going to beat Miami. It's just bound to happen. Uh, we get a question from our good pal, Chalupa Batband, who tweets to us. And you can tweet us at Locked on Canes. Follow us at Locked on Canes. We will follow you back. As someone who doesn't normally watch hoops, but will be watching the tournament to support the Canes, what are some of the strengths and weaknesses of the Canes hoop squad, and who should I be looking for? Well, the first thing is, we're all going to be on Norchad Omir watch for the next few days. 
right? He rolled his ankle against Duke in the ACC tournament semifinals. Didn't return to that game. That happened in the first minute of the game. Um, we don't have a real update on his status. We did see him at the selection party yesterday. No boots, and he was walking. So I'm pretty optimistic that Omir and Larinaga did say like he wants to play. Like Nor obviously, Nor Chad Omir wants to play. Uh, I'm optimistic that he's going to play. I just don't know if he's going to be 100%. He's so important. His rebounding and his defense, like it's going to be hard for the Canes to win the rebounding battle without Omir. Uh, but guys to watch for. I mean, Miami's got the reigning ACC player of the year in Isaiah Wong. He's electric. Nigel Pack has been so good in recent months. And Jordan Miller, probably the most underrated player in all of college basketball. And again, his matchup against DeVries is going to be really important in this game. So watch out for that. And I think every Hurricanes basketball fan is going to be watching out for if this Drake game, if this is close in the final minutes, as it very well could be, is Miami going to keep their composure? Because that's been a problem, right? About the last month, the Hurricanes will have in certain games big leads in the second half, and then they just completely fall out of sorts, lose their composure, becomes a comedy of errors, and they blow big leads. So how the Hurricanes manage the final three, five minutes, or in that Florida State game, the final 20 minutes, how they manage the end of these games, I think is going to be really, really key. So that's all I'll say about that. We'll talk more about the Canes-Hoops-Drake uh, matchup. That's going to be Friday night, I think 7.25 p.m., on Friday night, the Canes will open their tournament. And we will talk to you guys again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.